0: Okay. Hi, my name is Lisa, and I'm a grateful member of this program. I am a compulsive overeater. Um, I have been a compulsive overeater all my life, and I didn't know it uh, because growing up, there was nothing said about compulsive overeating. We all ate the same in my house, in my neighborhood. We ate, you know, the more you ate, the better, you know, the more your family was happy, especially if you had good cooks in your family, in my family, because we had good cooks in my family, you know, uh, they, they you ate, they, the more you ate, the happier they were, and I was happy, and they didn't mind me eating, eating unless I, you know, ate too much and wasted it. I could eat as much as I wanted, just don't waste the food. And that's basically what I did, you know, during my childhood. You ate when you're happy, ate when you said if you did if you got sick, they will feed you well. <laughs> they will feed you to full health, believe me. Um so this went on through my childhood. Um I grew up in Arizona saying, oh, that's just baby fat, don't worry, you'll lose it. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any problem. I didn't have any body image issues because everybody was, you know, plump, round, whatever way you want to call it. And, you know, I didn't have any body image issues. Um, And so I grew up, that was basically my childhood. And... I had no problems with food. My family had no problems with food. Uh, I, As I got older, I remember one time my grandmother came to visit and she saw I had lost weight. Well, I had lost weight. to I had gotten down to my normal weight and and she was like, "Oh no, I have to feed you. You have to gain weight because in you know in our family and our culture, you had to have some girth to you, but I'm like, No, grandma, no, I'm at my you know i'm at i'm I'm all right, I'm at my normal weight <laughs> that i mean she that wasn't satisfying because she was from South Carolina, and you know." She was like, no, you know, you got to eat. We don't, basically, we don't have skinny people in our family. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, when uh, my mother died, I, you know, and even before my mother died, my mother used to send me to South Carolina because that's where my mother was from and that's where her family is from. And she would send me down to South Carolina in the summertime and then you know after she passed, out, I would go down to south carolina and and go visit my in my family my grandmother my grandfather they were divorced, so I had to go to i li- live with my grandmother i stayed with my grandmother, but I had to go to my grand go visit my grandfather too and I remember I had food at both homes my grandmother would cook and even before I got down there, she would say, well, what do you want to eat? I have to go shopping. And I'm like, Grandma, you have food already in the freezer. She said, that's not what I'm asking you. I have to go food shopping. <laughs> um, and then my, I would go over to my grandfather's house. He had food already cooked. He said, okay, go in there and eat. So I had to eat at both houses, and I had no problem with that because I loved the way they cooked. So I had no problems with any of that. And um, but as I, you know, as you know, years worn out, I, I end up, you know, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. Tried the latest diets, lose the weight, and this yo-yo went on forever. And I didn't know, I didn't know anything about overeating. I just knew, you know, when the birds were chirping and the sun was out, I'll go on a diet and lose the weight. And people used to say, oh, you must have a man in your life. You're nice and thin. And it wasn't any man. The birds were chirping. You know, I'm happy. But when life didn't go my way, well, I would eat. And. But also I would eat because thinking that once I lost the weight, the weight was going to stay off, and it didn't do it. And I was disappointed, (laughs) you know. uh, It didn't stay off. I thought I could continue eating, and it would stay off, and that didn't happen. Uh, So I continued to do this yo-yo effect, and I eventually came to the point where, I was in therapy because I grew up in an alcoholic home, so I needed to go to therapy. And after many years in therapy, and my therapist at that time, she was in the 12-step program too, and she was saying, uh, she said, you need to go to OA. You know, I think you need to go to OA. And I'm like, what? And I was in another 12-step program for 17 years. But I knew about a 12-step program, but I was very indignant that I had to go to another 12-step program. And I was like, wait, didn't that cover everything? Uh, Not really. But it helped me to know there was additional issues. Uh, I was, you know, the other program had to do with my alcohol home. Now, this program had to do with my addictions. Yeah, I couldn't continue to blame my parents what they did and didn't do with their alcohol and now I got to deal with my I had to deal with my eating. So I came into OA waiting to hear about, you know, the diet, which never came, I might add. But I kept coming back. I'm like, okay, when are they gonna to get to the diet and it never happened. But I did hear somebody talk about emotional eating, and I was like, oh, okay. I understand that. So that's what I do. And I did do emotional eating. When life was good, I was all right. I would lose weight. When life wasn't so good, I would just stuff food in my mouth. And I did at one point stuff food in my mouth. And I tried to stop, but the it, but it, I was so full. The only reason I stopped, I was so full, and that one split second I stopped. I wanted to cry, so I was basically stuffing food down my throat to keep from crying. And so, I, so that's what kept me in these rooms, and I stayed in these rooms. But then, as I stayed in these room, I had other issues. I had health issues that came to fruition. Fusion, um, because I came to these rooms, I was finally able to determine some of the health issues I was having. And lo and behold, a lot of them had to do with food, you know. Um, I have an allergy. I have both allergies, obsession of mine. I can, you know, there's food I can't stop eating no matter what. But sometimes that could that could be any food at times. I can, you know. Uh, but there are specific foods that once I eat them I just can't stop. And But then there's the other allergy I literally will break out. And for 30-plus years I had a rash. From my, you know, my arms, my back, down to my leg, and nobody knew what was going on. So for 30-plus years, nobody knew what was going on. At one point, we, det- you know, I was able with my doctor to figure out what was going on. I was allergic to chemicals that I was using. In my hair, my makeup, I was allergic to chemicals that I was using to clean my home. I was allergic to the chemicals in the foods. And there was, my body was just very sensitive. There's just certain foods I could not eat because I was just very sensitive to them. Um, and so, and that had a very positive effect on me because I thought, oh, wow, I'm not insane. There is an explanation for this. And as I eliminated the foods out of my life, I have, my body has healed. And I got to still watch it because there's, you know, I can't, there's just certain foods I just can't eat. But then there's foods I gotta really watch out what's in those foods. Like I really have to cook my own food and determine what's in, you know, de- determine what's in my food. Um, so I it was also determined I had rheumatoid arthritis. I had a thyroid problem. Um, I was having heart palpitations. I had a and it was determined I had thyroid issues, then it was determined I had rheumatoid arthritis. So I you know, I'm grateful to this program because the more I made it and lose the weight I wanted, but I got saner. I got answers that I didn't know I was I didn't think I was ever going to get around my health. Um, so I you know, but I still kept coming back. And then I had to learn about abstinence. And the reason I had to learn about abstinence was following everybody else's abstinence. Somebody said they were abstaining from this, I had to abstain from that. If somebody else said they abstained from that, I had to abstain from that. You know, I had to find out what was my abstinence. And because of my health issues, I really had to make that determination. And so, but I kept coming back. I worked the program. I've been working through the steps. I have been, you know, doing service. And, you know, somebody said, you focus on the program, you lose the weight. You lose the food. You focus on the food and the weight, you lose the program. So today I'm really trying to focus on my spiritual program Uh, because I also heard that if I get my spiritual life in order, everything else falls into place. I also would do service. When you get busy, you get better. Doing all this work in recovery, it has taught me it's not about me. You know, I have to get outside myself. I have to be a. I have to be there to help other people without expecting anything in return. And this is what I had to do. I had to slowly chip away my self-centeredness and get more other-centeredness. I have to be a utmost usefulness to my fellows, like Bill W. Bill W. and the first 100 AAers. I got to be a you know, they went and dragged alcohol out the gutter and whatever, and, you know, deal with it because that's what got them sober. And that's what I have to do for my program. And I have to go to my higher power, God. I got to turn everything over to Him, do His will. I, by. Doing these steps, doing these traditions, practicing all these principles and all my affairs, I have to turn over these character defects over to him. I'm always going to be powerless and my life is going to be unmanageable, whether it's food or something, but I got to always turn it over to him and do these steps. Is and as the big book said it's working more work. There's no easier softer ways. I was just reading, you know, Five something maybe. thank you. I was just reading something, you know, um not a couple couple of hours ago and they talked about well, there's no easy ways, you know, to lose, you know, losing weight and they talked about the different uh, medications out there that you know, individuals are taking to lose weight, and then they're saying that this is what's happening when you take this medication. You know, all this stuff, and you know, like they, you know, there's no easy, softer ways. I tried them. That's why I'm here in these rooms. They didn't work. Um, so now I'm here working with my higher power. This is November. This is for me. It's the step eleven. Months and you know, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for His will for us and the power to carry that out. And that is what I've been doing most days, not all every day since last month. Because last month, last month, I started reading what they called the 11-step prayer. Uh, in my religion, we called the prayer St. Francis, and his feast day was in October. So I've been praying that prayer in October, and now it's November. It's 11-step, and they call it the 11-step prayer. And I remember when I first started reading that prayer, years, many years ago, I read that prayer. I was so angry with God. Who you think am? Who you think I am? You know, because it says, "Lord, make me instrument of Thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where and where there is sadness, joy." O divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For as in giving that we receive, it is in parting that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. When I first read that prayer, I was livid because only thing I could think about. Don't you know what they did to me and how they treated me and I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to do what with these people? Who do who you think I am? I'm supposed to show them love. I'm supposed to pardon what they did. This It was all about me and what they did to me. I didn't see any part I played in it at all. And as I kept coming back into these rooms, I kept learning. I played a part somewhere, somehow in all of this. Well, today I can actually read that prayer and truly read it, those words, and understand their meaning. It's not about me is about me helping others. It's about humility, and that's what this program is to me. I have to be humble, you know. In the Big Book, it says "You, I got to, you know, smash that, you know, smash that um, ego." Well, that's what I'm doing today. Is trying to smash that ego to be more honest, open, and willing, which are the first three steps. I'm trying to be aware, accepting, and take action. Accepting is the middle one that I usually have a lot of problems because that's where I really got to bring my higher power in. So for that, for today, I just keep coming back and doing the best in God's eyes and let go and let him take care of the rest. And thank you for allowing me to share.